This morning's scripture reading is from Hebrews chapter 12, verses 1 through 3. Therefore, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us also lay aside every weight and the sin that clings so closely, and let us run with perseverance the race that is set before us, looking to Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of our faith, who for the sake of the joy that was set before him endured the cross, disregarding its shame, and has taken his seat at the right hand of the throne of God. Consider him who endured such hostility against himself from sinners, so that you may not grow weary or lose heart. May the words of my mouth and the meditations of our hearts be pleasing to you, O Lord. Enable us to be receptive to your message this morning and challenge us to live more fully for you than we ever have before. Through the power of your spirit, we pray. Amen. All throughout high school and even into college, I ran cross country. Still now on late summer and early fall mornings, when I go outside early in the morning and I, I smell that early autumn air, it takes me back to my cross country days. I grew up in Conneaut, Ohio, and at least once a week our coach would tell us, just go run to the PA border and back. <laughs> and it really wasn't that far, it was probably about four miles the round trip, but it sounded really impressive to run to another state, right? <laughs> Today's scripture reminds me of my cross country days. It brings those back. Let us run with perseverance the race that is set before us. Here, though, the author to the letter of the Hebrews is not talking about a physical running race, but is encouraging this early Christian community to continue in faith and in hope, even in the face of hardship. Because our faith is a lot like a long-distance race. It's not a quick sprint where we can put all our energy into following Christ for a little while and then just be done with it. It's a race that requires endurance and persistence, a long-distance race that demands sustained effort by the runner, who continues with great determination through both the smooth and easy times and the difficult and uncertain times. Cross-country is different than track because track, you run around and around and around and around and around, and you know what you're getting into. You know when there's going to be a straight time when there's going to be curves, you know what's coming. But with cross country, you go through all types of terrains, hilly, flat, in the woods with roots that can trip you up, or across open fields that seem like they're never going to end. From the first time that we accept Christ into our hearts and our lives, we encounter all types of conditions and experiences. Just think about your own spiritual journey, wherever you are on that journey. Sometimes everything is going well. You're coasting down a hill or you're running in that flat field. You're relaxed, you're hanging out with Jesus. You're in a groove with all your spiritual disciplines, you're reading your Bible every day, you look forward to coming to worship and you stay connected to God through praying. But then other times it seems like nothing is going right. 
You're constantly trying to dodge the roots that are trying to trip you up or the, the holes that'll twist your ankle. You might be wondering if God hears your cries for help with relationships, with finances, with health. You might be going through a time of doubt and questioning, trying to figure it all out. Or maybe you're just wondering, where is the finish line? Am I even on the right trail? Other times you think you're in a clear, open field. that You've got this faith thing under control. And everything's going great. But then you realize that you're on one of those tiny, almost imperceptible hills where if a runner isn't careful, they begin to slow down without even realizing it. And they begin to lose their edge. This can happen when we get comfortable or complacent, not really paying attention to God in our daily lives, not making space for, for God's spirit to work. The long distance race of faith requires intention and determination, perseverance, and our eyes fully focused on God. In order to sustain this long run, we are encouraged to throw off everything that hinders us. Hinders is this noun that means any kind of extra weight. So it's any kind of body weight that a runner loses. Athletes don't carry anything in a race that they don't absolutely need. That's not absolutely necessary. And likewise, this author of Hebrews is suggesting that we as Christians, we travel light. Now, he's not talking about sin here because that's, that's the next part. But sometimes there are things that themselves are hindering us. They're not serving us. They're keeping us from putting forth our best effort in our faith journey. I'm sure each one of us can think of something, whether it's too much TV and, or social media distracting us or, or keeping our schedule so packed that we can't even breathe for a moment. Once we throw off those hindrances, we change those habits and we, we make space for God and we loosen up, we are then tasked with putting off every sin that so easily entangles us. Because we all know that sin creates these crippling burdens to a healthy faith journey. Our ego, our pride, faith in money and material objects more than God. These things, these sins keep us from living life that God has called us to and from having a faith that is fully and undoubtedly committed to God. But no matter how well you train, no, ma no matter how much weight you lose, in every race there's always a point where you want to give up. Your heart is pounding, your lungs are hurting, and you can't feel your legs anymore. You just want the race to be over. And it's so easy to stop and to walk at that point, to just, to just give up or to just quit. And the only reason that you might not do that is because there are all kinds of people standing along the course cheering you on. Today's scripture says we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, reminding us that we're not in this race by ourselves. We have people who are running the race with us, that are encouraging us and supporting us. And we also have an entire cheerleading sec section on the sidelines. Cross-country parents, 
know that in long distance races, you don't just stand at the finish line and wait for the runner to cross. You go to a spot on the course and you cheer them on as they go by. And then you cut through and you run to another spot and you cheer them on again. All along the course, you do this until you finally then meet the runner at the finish line. Parents can see the whole course and take, take shortcuts from one point to the other in order to support their child as much as possible. And that's the way it is with people who have gone before us, people who are further along in the faith journey than us. They understand what we're experiencing, and they help us to get through those rough spots. Even though we have our individual faith journeys, we run alongside each other here together, and we have those witnesses supporting us and encouraging us. Think about those people who have supported you in your faith journey how they have helped you to continue on, even when it would have been much easier to just stop and just give up. These aren't people necessarily who are here now. Maybe they've helped lay the foundation of your faith journey, but they're gone. When I was 15, I got involved in the Chrysalis community. Chrysalis is a three-day retreat where participants learn about God's unconditional love and God's unimaginable grace in a very tangible and real way. And the first time I volunteered to help on a weekend, I got connected with a couple from Conneaut who were also helping, Tom and Sandy Ryan. And I rode in the back of their Celica to Brexville United Methodist Church, maybe you've heard of it, countless times over the years. We became so close that I called them my Chrysalis parents. I remember the first time I worked in the prayer chapel. I was so nervous because I had to pray out loud in front of other people. And I had to pray over the speakers as they went to give their talks. Tom was standing next to me and my hand was on the speaker's shoulder and Tom's hand was on my shoulder. After I got done praying, I opened my eyes and I looked at Tom and he had tears streaming down his smiling face and he said, you are so good. God is going to use you in amazing ways. Now I'm sure that my prayer that day was not anything spectacular. It was, pro- uh, it was nothing. But his confidence in me to be present, that w- gave me the confidence to, to be present that weekend and to pray over those people and to follow then God's call into ministry. Every step of the way, every major life event, Tom and Sandy were there to encourage me and assure me that I was, I was good enough and I was unconditionally loved. Tom met every new boyfriend and then later on he would let me know whether he approved of them or not. Tom did approve of Russ. (laughs) They were at our wedding. They met Joseph and Corey, and they showered them with the same unconditional love that they showed me. Whenever someone says, God adores you, I think of Tom. Tom's love and compassion and grace would seep out of his eyes and run down his cheeks. I would look at him and see the pure love that God had for me. 
Love wasn't just a feeling for Tom, but an action that he lived, lived out, giving others a part of him in the moment. Although Tom passed away several years ago, his memory will live on in my heart and in the hearts of many others. Our church has people like this too. This year, Bob Johns and Joyce Lynch, I had the honor of presiding over their memorial services. For over a century, this faith community of Brexville UMC has been working to show the people of Brexville that God loves them and God cares about them. We are just here this morning, are just simply the present manifestation of that. And we are surrounded and supported by all of those who have gone before us in this church. As we look to the future of Brexville UMC, creating a vision that will help us focus together on what God is calling us to do. We aren't simply coming up with something new. We are building upon what's been done in the past. We're taking what's been built and the relationships that have been cultivated so far and we're expanding that in a way to honor those who have laid out the foundation of God. We're taking what God has been doing in this faith community for decades and making it relevant for the present and future generations. Verse 3 says, Consider him who endured such hostility against himself from sinners, so that you may not grow weary or lose heart. Ultimately, what keeps us going isn't this great cloud of witnesses. Yes, they are important and they keep, they help us. But what really propels us forward is the knowledge of what Christ has done to each one of us individually. The reason that we push through all of the doubts and the stumbling and the stones and the, the, the rocks and the fighting up hills is because no matter what, God has not and will not give up on us. God is with us each step of the way, cheering us on from the sidelines, holding us up when we can't hold ourselves up any longer. God loves us with a perfect love, and Jesus sacrificed himself to show us exactly how extravagant God's love is for us. And the only things that can get us through these times of of treacherous racing is to look to Jesus, the pioneer and the perfecter of faith. We are to run this faith, this faith race focused on Jesus with undivided attention. Jesus, who for the sake of the joy that was set before him, endured the cross, disregarding its shame, and has taken his seat at the right hand of the throne of God. Consider him who endured such hostility against himself from sinners, so that you may not grow weary or lose heart. This morning, we have the honor to participate in Holy Communion together. And through communion, we remember all of those people, and we we know that when we take communion, we don't just take communion and receive it with us gathered here this morning, but we we get to celebrate communion with all of those saints. With the, we get to celebrate communion with Joyce and with Bob, with Tom, with KB and, and Jill, and 
and Paula, we get to celebrate communion with all of those people who have gone before us, running the race, and we get to celebrate with Jesus. We remember what he did for us that night when he took the bread from his table and he gave thanks to God and then he broke the bread, telling his disciples, take, eat this, do this in remembrance of me. And then taking the cup from his table and after again giving thanks to God, telling his disciples, this is the blood of the new covenant given for you and for many for the forgiveness of your sins. Do this in remembrance of me. And so today is a day of remembrance, remembering just what God has done for each and every one of us and remembering those people who have loved us, who have encouraged us, the people who are sitting around this room loving us and encouraging us today, and remembering that we are not in this race alone, that we are together. It doesn't matter if this is your first time here or if this is your thousandth time in this sanctuary. We are together in this race. You are not alone. You are loved by an amazing and a beautiful God. Thanks be to God. Let's pray. Most holy and wonderful God, pour out your spirit on us gathered here and on these gifts of bread and juice. May they be for us the body and the blood of Christ so that we might be for the world the body of Christ redeemed by his blood. God, help us to go into the world, to love your people so that they might know you the way we know you. Let these elements encourage us and support us. Let them be for us you, knowing that you are a part of us and we are a part of you. We pray these things in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen.